right, to kick us off this morning uh, with the message, I, I want you to do something. I need you to participate with me, and I need you to hang with me as long as you can for what we're going to do right now. Is that, is that fair enough? Can you participate? Yeah, yeah, okay, good, good, good. So I have a few for sure, but I'm going to ask everybody to do it. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Don't do it yet. I'm going to ask you to take a, a deep breath in and then hold it, okay? But you need to hold it, so just wait. I'll try to go as fast as I can with the instructions after that, okay? So you guys ready? We're ready for this? One, two, three, take a deep breath in. Hold it. Now, I want you to take another deep breath in and hold it again. Okay, you holding it? Now do another one. Okay, do another one. Hold it. I'll let you know when we're done. Just hold it. I got a sermon to do, and then I'll get back to you. All right, go ahead and exhale. All right. <laughs> now, if your body wouldn't kick in and, and like, self-preserve, which it would, but if it didn't, if you kept inhaling and inhaling, what would eventually happen? Does anybody know? You'd eventually black out. Did you know that? You would eventually back black out. If all you do is take in... Without giving out, you will black out. I want you to think about something. You and I live in a culture that specializes in taking in, don't we? Our culture, we accumulate and we chase after and we chase after leisure and pleasure, and we do all we can to point our world at ourselves. After all, we might even reason. Isn't that kind of what life really is and what life's all about? But God says, I, I have a different way to view your life and a different way to live your life. And so that you don't black out, God says, I want you to give out. Or to use a word that Jesus used often, I want you to, your giving out is serving or serving others. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. If you don't serve others or if you don't give out, that means you aren't exhaling. But God this morning is going to invite everybody today to exhale, to give out, to serve. Now, our story as a church, the story of LifePoint, begins with who we are, what we're about, our mission. And our mission has always been pointing people to life in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus said this, and you might know this verse because it's, it's really almost like our theme verse as a church. Jesus said, I have come that you may, and if you know this, I have come that you may have what? You may have life, life abundantly, life to the fullest, real and better life than you could ever imagine. And so we as a church are committed to pointing people to life in Jesus. And the way we carry out this, you know, this mission is it can be summed up in, our values or our commitments or what we're what are our purposes, what we're about. And we've been saying that you and I are not our desire to go after life in Jesus, that the way we're going to go after that life in Jesus, we're going to introduce others to Jesus. We're going to introduce people to Jesus. That we are going to grow in our relationship with God and we are going to connect meaningfully with others. And finally, the abundant life in Christ, life to the fullest, going after real life, finally comes in serving others. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Peter said, Each of you should use whatever gift he has received to make a whole lot of money. 
that what he said? That each of you should take whatever you've been given to focus more on yourself. Is that what he says? He said, no, I want you to use whatever gift you've received to what? To serve others. Now, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So you can turn there now, whether in a physical Bible or, or on your, the YouVersion Bible app. And I want, you to, I want to show you how the Apostle Paul describes our service story, collectively and individually. Now, here's the context for 1 Corinthians 12. Paul is, is telling us in this passage that God has given us gifts. He's given us abilities, talents. He's given us spiritual gifts, and he's given us those to serve others. But here's the challenge, and here's the problem. Here's why Paul had to write this in 1 Corinthians 12. God gave us these gifts to serve others, but there are many people in the church who failed to recognize that their service was important or that their service mattered and how it fit into the larger picture. There are others, because of pride, they were elevating their service above others and often to the exclusion of others. And to those points, Paul wants to address 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is going to tell us that everybody is somebody, that everybody matters, and that everybody is needed. So let's pick this up. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's start in verse 12. Paul says this, and he's talking about a physical body to make an illustration. He says, just as a body, though one, you know, your body is one, it has many parts. But all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. Now, Paul's going to use the term body 17 times for the remainder of this chapter because he's trying to drive home a few points. He's trying to drive home the point that our body, though it's made up of many different parts, we are all members of one body. Many parts, one body. Remember, he said, so it is with Christ. Many parts, one body which means you are an essential part of the body of Christ, which means you matter. You matter. And by extension, your contribution matters. For some here this morning, the word that God has for you is that you matter to God. You matter to God. And for others this morning, God's word for you this morning is you matter to the people of God. You matter to the rest of us. I love what Paul goes on to say in verse 13. He says, For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. You see that word one over and over and over? Paul's arguing that the moment you and I trust in Jesus Christ, he makes us part of his church by his spirit. It's not you and I saying, well, I'm going to choose to be a part of a church. I'm going to choose to be a part of the Bible or a part of the body of Christ. No. He made you a part of his church by his spirit the second you said yes to Jesus. Don't miss the important principle or truth, theological truth of these verses. We are many parts. And God brings us each together individually to form one unified body. The only question is, will we fill our part? Will we play our part? Will we be the part that God wants us to be? See, one of the reasons that many believers neglect their part, specifically their serving, is because they underestimate their importance to the oneness 
or the unity of the body of Christ. And so as we get ready to go on and read through these verses, Paul, in an attempt to help us understand how important we are and how important our service is to the unity of the body of Christ, Paul's going to attempt to be a little bit humorous here. And he's going to take us down this path, so he's going to try to drive home a point to us. And his point is going to be that all of our service matters. And we each have a different role to fulfill, a different function, so that we can be a whole and complete and unified body. So let's look how, how he begins to dive into this and how he begins to make his point. He begins to explain this, verse 14. He says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So uh, isn't that interesting? Paul just said, hey, you're a unified body. You're one. In other words, everybody is somebody and everybody matters. Now he's going to let us know that everybody is needed, that everybody's needed. Look at what he says, and here's how he begins his humor. He says, verse 15, now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Now I want you to picture what Paul is saying here. See, the foot has hand envy, right? That's what's going on here. You know, the hand, it's out there in public, it's in the light and light, and the foot, you know, it's in solitary confinement, stuck inside a shoe. Your hands, they can use a scalpel to do delicate operations. They play the piano, they play the violin, they build things. No wonder the foot feels inferior. When it's time for a vote, nobody says, all in favor, raise your foot. In other words, some of us might conclude, some of the Corinthians might conclude that my service, how it is that I can serve, how I can contribute, it's not that important. It doesn't matter. It's not that significant. I, I don't really have much to contribute. I'm just a foot. I think our doctors and our, our, our physical therapists in here understand there's no such thing as just a foot. And they know what some of us may not know, which is we would be in bad shape as a healthy body without a foot. And within that foot, there are 26 bones working with 33 joints and over 100 different muscles just to cause the foot to walk. Let me ask you if you've ever played sports, or maybe let me ask it this way. Have you ever heard of, like, especially in football, have you ever heard of turf toe? Raise your hand if you've heard of turf toe, right? So a bunch of you have heard of turf toe. What happens to the rest of the body if you're in football and you get turf toe? You're out. You're sidelined. You're on injured reserve until that tiny, tiny little sprain on your big toe gets healed. So why should the foot say, ah, I'm not that important. I don't count. No one ever notices me. No one cares about me. I don't have anything to offer that's really that meaningful or that helpful, maybe I don't even belong. You need to understand, you do belong, and you are needed. And you also need to know that God actually repays us according, that he repays the foot according to being a foot, based on being a foot and how he operates being a foot. For Romans tw 2 verse 6 says, God will repay each person according to what they've done. Not according to what somebody else does. 
All God expects is that you do what you can with what you have. Remember, everybody is somebody. Everybody matters. And everybody is needed. Your service matters to the unity of the body of Christ. Now he goes on. Look at verse 16. We're in 1 Corinthians 12. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. So just like the foot to the hand here in verse uh, 16, the ear feels inferior to the eye. I mean, after all, the eye is out front, but the ear is stuck on the side. The eye has hair or, or eyelashes that cover it, and people love, you know, eyelashes. But if you have hair all over your ears, young lovers gaze into each other's eyes. They do not look into each other's ears. Oh, what a beautiful ball of wax you have in your auditory canal. Man, that is the most amazing eardrum I've ever seen. No way. We gaze into each other's beautiful, colorful eyes. There's nothing very impressive appearance-wise about ears. Yet your ears are critical to the proper functioning of the body. Now, Paul's going to go on, and he's going to give us the epitome of hyperbole next in verse 17, or for all you Brian Regan fans, the epitome of hyperbole. And you're thinking, what? He's going to try to drive home his point. Look at verse 17. He says this, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear... Where would the sense of smell be? I want you to picture you being one massive six-foot eye. I mean, how would that be? You couldn't hug. You couldn't kiss. You'd be rolling around all the time, you know, bumping into things. Well, I guess you could see. Maybe you don't bump into things, but you'd be scratching your eye all over the place. You could see everything, but you can't hear a thing, and you can't speak. The same would be true if the whole body was a, a giant ear. We'd hear everything, but we could say nothing or see nothing. Our body depends on all of its parts to function and especially to function or work properly. So it's absolutely, utterly, utterly ridiculous for the body to consist of one member or one body part or one type. Are you seeing Paul's point here? Listen, if all the that the church had was a pastor or a teacher, the church would fail. It would fail to thrive. In fact, all of public ministry in reality is built on private ministry. My preaching is only as powerful as the praying. Our services are only as helpful as the behind-the-scenes planning. Our worship, in the, our worship experience is only as fruitful as, our, as we have nursery servants, ushers, greeters, hospitality people, and others. Your part, your role, your body part, your service within the body matters. Without your service, we're just a giant eye. Without your service, we're just a giant ear. We can't function properly. We can't contribute. 
in the way God wants us to contribute to his kingdom. Well, uh, that's great, Pastor. I, but I wish I was something else. I wish I wasn't a foot. I wish I wasn't this, and I wish I could do that. i got to tell you, me too. I, 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 there's many times where I'm like, I, I don't want to be a pastor. I just want to sit there and just take it in. I, what, one of the things that I've always wished, uh, see, I love singing. I love worship. It's my, like my favorite part. Uh, I, I, I worship and listen to song and worship God through song all week long. It's my favorite. I have always wished that I could play instruments and sing. Now, I thought about that a lot, but I quickly find out that when I sing, it's like really bad. And for some of you who are newer, you know, you're like, man, you know, is the music loud? Well, first of all, I go to other churches that I visit all the time. This is not loud at all. This is actually like really much in the, pretty much in the middle. But let's just hypothetically say some of you are like, no, it's really loud. Well, you know, one of the reasons it's, quote, r- really loud, according to you, the r- reason it's really loud is because I don't want to hear me sing, and neither do you. And I definitely don't want to hear some of you sing. <laughs> I mean, it's just practical. We're the body of Christ trying to help each other out. There's a verse later that says we got to have equal concern for one another. And I'm concerned that you're bringing me down by that bad sound. <laughs> I've always wished I could play guitar and sing and stand on stage and worship. But God always leads me back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. Every time I go down the wishing I was path. And it says this, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11, it's the original context of this passage. Paul's talking about the, the gifts that God gives us. And look at the verse. He says, God, talking about the gifts we have and what we've been given. It says this, he, God, distributes them to each one just as he determines. That's an important passage. In fact, this whole chapter is an important passage. Well, you know, you just need to pray for this gift. And if you pray for this gift from the Holy Spirit, you know, God's going to give it to you. And that's a sign that you're really a Christian or really a believer or you're really this and really that. You know what the Bible says? God determines who gets what gift. Not you, not somebody else praying for you. God determines. He decides. And God knows that he's given you a critical and important part to play in his body. Every service matters. Your service matters. The the behind-the-scenes service of any church matters. Those who get in the dirty work of the church, it matters. Those who do the busy work and the mundane work, it all matters. Verse 18, he goes on. And he says this, But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He's reiterating verse 11 right there. If we were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. I want you to think about it for a moment. This right here, look around. This right here, it's all God's doing. It's all his doing. God placed you where he wanted you, giving you the gifts that he wanted to give you. He combined us. He arranged us how he wanted. And here's what that means. That means that right here, Right now, God has given this church everything it needs to be successful, spirit-led, spirit-filled, effective for the kingdom. 
He's given everything we need right here, right now. God has arranged it to be so, all of us, not just some of us. And he goes on. And whether it's pride, we're going to look at verse 21, whether it's pride because some of these Corinthians were saying that my part is better than other parts, or whether it's self-pity, some thinking, well, my part's not really important, it doesn't really matter. Paul says this in verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Paul's saying that our lack of participation or service in the body is not an option to God. And our discrediting others to remove ourselves from the body and say, I don't need you, is not an option to God. Look at his conclusion, verse 27. Now you're the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. God is very clearly teaching us through 1 Corinthians 12 that everybody is somebody, that everybody matters, that everybody is needed. And in any church, any church across the world, our experience, the people's experience, that local body is only as good and healthy and effective at ministering to one another and at reaching lost people as those who actively participate and serve and fulfill their part in the body. Did you just hear what I said? Our church. They're like, ah, I don't know about this church. Ah, they don't have this. They don't have that. That's not but All of it is based on who is participating in fulfilling their role that God has given them to fulfill their role in the body of Christ. You see, our story, our hope, our desire is that every single person here serves God by serving others. Maybe you've heard it said before, we were saved to serve. Otherwise, as soon as we get saved, we just go up to heaven and be with the Lord. Why stick around? We were saved to serve. I love how 1 Corinthians states it in chapter 15, verse 58. It says, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Or as the message translation says of this, it says, don't hold back. Throw yourself into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. The Bible makes it clear that serving others is our calling by God. And God says, when you do that here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, he says, when you serve God and when you throw your work into your life into his work, whatever it is you do, however God made you, created you, wired you, gifted you, whatever you do for him, it's not in vain. See, I got to tell you, the lowest common denominator in any church for serving, the lowest common denominator is someone gets up on stage or puts something in a bulletin that says, we need help with. And you look at that and you say, you know what? They need help with that ministry. I guess I'll go do it. Now, it's important. You still got to make the needs, pre- you know, make them available to us. And people, you know, that's okay to still serve that way. But it is the lowest common denominator. The greater is that we are serving according to what Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7 says where it says, here's how you serve. It says, serve wholeheartedly. As if you are serving, as if you are serving who? As as if you are serving the Lord, not people. Your service, the ultimate, what God's calling us to is whatever we do, 
We do it with everything we have, and we're serving God. We're not serving each other. We're not serving because a bulletin made an announcement or because we like the church or we like the pastor or whatever the case, or we like, you know, the, the, the youth worker, the children's worker. No, no, no. You're serving God. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one of us for whatever good they do. I can tell you this. God brought you here for a reason. Why are you here at LifePoint? Have you ever thought about it? You're here at LifePoint because God knew you had something to contribute to his kingdom. You know how he knows? Because he gave you that something. And he knew that you have some background, some talent, some skill, some ability, some contact, some network, some interest, some hobby, whatever. He brought you here to serve God by serving others and serving his purposes. Now, I got to tell you, I, I love that we have a whole lot of law enforcement who attend our uh, people who attend our church. I'm really grateful for that, and I praise God for that. And you, uh, you know, you just need to know uh, things that go, go a little weird. You just need to know there's a whole lot of people here who can, uh, yeah, you got it. I love all of our teachers and our school administrators and our school support staff who serve here and are a part of our church. I love them. I love how many retired people are here and, and are a part of our church. I love that we have so many salespeople who are a part of our church. I love that we have so many of us and fulfilling their part of the body of Christ who are a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad. And, I, and I'm grateful for that, and I love it that that's who God has brought. But I have prayed for years and years, God, where are the electricians? Good grief, God, I just need an electrician. So many things we want to do and fix and change. And can you come on, Lord? We could yearly use their skills and gifts to help this body right now. Wait, Chris, you just said God gave us everything we needed right now. I know, that's the conflict in my head. But maybe you're there, and we just don't know. Reality is this, no one has all the gifts. We're all needed, every single one of us. We, we are going to put together these little video clips over the next few weeks as we share our story and just trying to capture a little bit of our values as a church and try to do the best we can. And I want you to hear from a few people as they talk about this idea of service in their own life here at church. So let's watch this. I love how Ron, yeah, praise God, praise God, thanks. Just some of our servants here at LifePoint, and I love how Rhonda said it, just start. So here's what's going to happen in a few moments. We're going to continue our worship service, and then we're going to continue it in a different way. We're going to ask you to pray, and then as you are praying, we're going to invite you to walk around to the various sections in our building and pray about which area of ministry you will serve in, where you will start that you will be walking around and you will be praying and purposeful and saying, God, I'm going to get involved. Because don't forget, if you uh, just reducing it to the lowest common denominator, which is still important, but we're starting three services starting Easter. And, and, and you know, we see these services and they're packed. We need to make more room. 
So your service, practically speaking, is more needed now more than ever. And so as I wrap it up, I want to remind you what we've been saying the last couple weeks from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, where Paul said this, I have become all things to all people, so that I might by all possible means save some. And I do all this for the sake of the gospel. Will you become whatever God needs you to become in order to reach some, in order to point some to life in Jesus? So will you become an usher or a greeter? Great shameless plug, Darren. Uh, That was good. Will you become a hospitality team member or part of our technology contributor that we're looking for and need more people? Maybe a video editor, maybe part of our media team here. Maybe uh, you get involved in the, the, the LP students ministry or the LP kids ministry. Maybe you get involved in our facilities team and be a part of that and become a team member of that. Maybe you become a security team member. Maybe you become a behind-the-scenes office assistant. The list is endless. You see, according to God's economy, there are no spectator Christians. And we stand on the threshold of, as a, of a great opportunity as a church to make an even greater impact for the kingdom of God. And he wants to use you, and he wants to work in you and through you. If all you do is take in, And if you don't give out, you'll black out. And that's true in our faith. So will you seek abundant life in Jesus by serving others? With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Father God, hear our prayers right now. And right where you're sitting, we are inviting you, God is inviting you and asking you, will you serve? Will you serve him? And will you just pray something like this, God, as I get ready to continue this worship service and as I walk around, God, speak to me and even reveal to me where you want me to serve. Help my heart and my spirit to be open. God, speak clearly to each one of us, and I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.